The scripture reading comes from Luke 18, 9 through 14 today. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who um, humble themselves will be exalted. Lord God, we thank you for uh, just gathering your people together, whether it's here in person or uh, on the live stream. We just thank you for being a God who seeks after your children. And we trust that you have something you want to say to us today. So Lord, would you open our minds uh, to take in what you have? Would you open our ears to hear from you? and our hearts just to feel you, Lord. Speak to your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you are joining on the live stream and we missed you in the beginning of the service, one announcement I want to catch you up on is that uh, this table is here because we will be doing communion later. Uh, so uh, if you go ahead at home and just kind of gather uh, your own uh, communion elements, and then we will celebrate that all together. And if you are here, uh, with us, and you don't have them, you can raise your hand and an usher will, will bring them to you. We are right in the middle of a sermon series on the parables of Jesus, and I just love uh, this teaching series because what we are looking at is we're saying when people gathered and they were around Jesus and he was going to teach to them, what are the things that he said? So as we kind of gather, we want to hear a word from God. What are things that Jesus taught directly to people. And parables are this, it's just simply a short story uh, that is used to illustrate a much, much larger uh, spiritual concept or, or moral concept. So, so Jesus teaches often in parables. He teaches these short stories, but there's so much going on. It's so rich. There's so much uh, going on here. So we are in Luke chapter 18. Uh, the parable, my, my text says, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And I got to say, uh, growing up in the church, being in the church, you know, most of my life, this is not a parable I've heard preached on many times. And I think it's pretty simple. You know, it doesn't, doesn't make it into many pastor series. And that's because it applies um, maybe too well <laughs> to, uh, to a lot of us. It applies to our heart in a way that is not necessarily a comfortable sermon. So if at any point during the sermon you feel uncomfortable, it might be the mask, uh, but if there's another point during the sermon you feel uncomfortable, uh, just know that maybe God is speaking to us. Maybe God is trying to reach us right where we are. Uh, each week it's important that before we get into the text of the parable that we look at the original audience Jesus was speaking to. This one is very, very clear on who he's speaking to. Right here, verse, or chapter 18 in Luke, verse 9. It says, To some who were confident in their own righteousness 
and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Those who are confident in their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Now this word in Greek that, that my translation says looked down, this is actually a very strong word. So different translations in English translate this in different ways. Sometimes this word that, that we see as looked down uh, actually is translated as despised others. That's very strong, right? Or, or even rejected others. So it reads like this, to some who are confident in their own righteousness and despised everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Or to some who are confident in their own righteousness and rejected everyone else. These are the words that Jesus spoke. Verse 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Now this is a story about two men, but it's also a story about two men with very different prayer lives and two men with very different hearts, as we're going to explore together. The first man is a Pharisee. Pharisees were these very, very well-respected religious leaders. Now, in our modern church uh, culture, we, we see Pharisees, and we often think uh, of kind of the stories Jesus tells about Pharisees, and they're often the bad guys uh, as Jesus tells the stories, but that's not the original audience. The, to the original audience, these Pharisees are, are well-respected, so much so that their own righteous living, the Pharisees' righteous living, is actually being accredited to all the other people. So you think of times in the Old Testament where God is going to give wrath uh, to a city or a location, and there's pleas that go out that say, if there's even a few righteous people, will you hold off your wrath? And God says, yes, for a few righteous, I will hold off my wrath. And that is who the Pharisees are to them. They are the righteous people among them that that is pushing back God's wrath. So, So as we hear this story, we hear about a Pharisee and a tax collector that come in, the tax collector is viewed as a leech on society. The tax collector is a traitor because they work for the Roman Empire. So so we clearly are set up by Jesus in, in this verse, in verse 10 here, to know already, as the original audience, we know who the good guy is. That's clearly the Pharisee. And we know who the bad guy is going to be. And that's going to be the tax collector. And that's fine until we get to verse 11. Verse 11, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. Now, hopefully that prayer sits a little funny with you. Hopefully, as you hear that prayer, uh, there's, there's something going on uh, in this man's heart. The Pharisee approaches God boldly, as if God should be privileged to just be in his very presence. And what does he pray? He thanks God for himself. Most Old Testament prayers, most prayers in the Bible start with thanking God for who God is. God, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your righteousness. We thank you for your character, for who you are. Here, the Pharisee says, God, I thank you for me. 
That should sit funny with us. And he is so thankful that he starts comparing himself to other sinners and saying, I'm so thankful I'm not like these people. I am thankful I'm not like a robber or an evildoer. And he looks around in the temple and in the back corner, there's a tax collector and he thinks, perfect example. I thank you that I'm not just like the robbers and the evildoers and the adulterers. I thank you I'm not like that guy. That's where his heart is. I thank you I'm not like this tax collector. And then he goes on and he gives God's examples of his own goodness as if God needs examples of who he is. He says, I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all that I get. Verse 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The tax collector's prayer is short. And it's totally different than the Pharisee's prayer. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. In obvious contrast. He doesn't even look up to heaven. What would have been uh, kind of standard in the day was to pray with outstretched arms, with your head held high, looking up to heaven to where God is. How does the tax collector pray? He prays with his head low. God, have mercy on me. And it says he beat his own chest, meaning that in here, in this place, this is my problem. It all comes from within. This is where it's wrong. He doesn't congratulate himself. He looks at himself with with a sort of sober judgment that says, I know that I am the problem that is going on, but God, I know who you are and have mercy on me because of your character, not because of mine. There's only one recognition. I am a sinner in need of God's mercy. So it's very clear what Jesus is doing here. The good guy, the obvious good guy, the Pharisee, has actually become the bad guy. And the obvious bad guy is now the good guy. And as we read this text, the same sits true with us. Because as we read, we hear about the Pharisee and he comes in and, and he's in the place of worship. And he presumes, he thinks that he belongs there. That he deserves it, that he's come in. This is, this is convicting to me because when I walked in here this morning, I saw this pulpit up front and I knew that that's where I would stand. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like, it's like you walk in and you, you thought you knew where your place was, even in God's house. And they say, if you, if you preach a sermon that doesn't convict you, then you're preaching wrong. So, there you go. <laughs> um, and, and he says, have mercy on me. That's the main difference. I've heard it said this way, the best way up is down. And the quickest way down is to lift yourself up. It's this backwards, this, this upside down kingdom of God. Bravado and appearance mean nothing. Resume and social status mean nothing. And I realize I'm preaching into a small town context, but hear me when I tell you that self-reliance means nothing when we are coming before God. God is not impressed. God's not impressed if we brag 
about ourselves. All that counts is a heart that appreciates what God can give. Seeking forgiveness, the tax collector comes before God and he finds forgiveness. Seeking to puff himself up, the Pharisee comes before God, he receives nothing from God, and he leaves, and all that he has is the recognition of other people that saw him front and center praying before God. And that's all he leaves with. Here's a modern story for you. So two men, they were driving down Highway 4. You've all been there, probably this morning. And now I didn't go out in the parking lot, and I didn't look at what kind of trucks you have. So if one of these sounds like yours, I'm not picking on you. Fair enough. Two men are driving down Highway 4, and they pass each other, and they look at each other's trucks. The first man, he drives a beat-up 1980-something Ford. It's the kind where the top is green and the sides are, are kind of that beige, tan color. Maybe you remember. Maybe you drove it. He's got rust that's showing through the paint, and he's got a little bit of road that's showing through the rust. We've all seen these trucks. The second guy coming the opposite direction, he's driving a brand new 2021 Dodge Ram. And it looks real sharp. It's, it's the dark gray color. It's got the black grill on front. Uh, it looks real nice. So the first man, noticing the new truck driving towards him, he says to himself, I am so thankful that I'm not like the man in that truck there. He has given in to materialism and status. He has spent a small fortune on a new truck, and I know the value of a dollar. And I know what a real truck looks like. Now the second man driving in the opposite direction, he notices the old truck and he says to himself, oh, how I wish I had a truck like that Ford. That one that's driving towards me right now, it's the exact truck that my father drove for so many years. I would give anything just to sit in that passenger seat one more time. I hope that that man knows how truly lucky he is to be driving that truck. Or maybe the story goes the other way. Maybe the story goes the other direction. Maybe the man with the new truck sees the old truck and it's driving towards him and he says to himself, I am so thankful that I don't drive a piece of junk like that truck. I have worked hard. I've made something of my life. People respect me. God has blessed me with so much more and I am thankful that I am not as lazy as that guy that drives that truck. And the man with the old truck says to himself, I'm just so thankful to be out driving again. After all my recent health problems, just to be back on the road is such a blessing. After driving truck for so many years, there's just something, some, some form of therapy that happens as I sit behind the wheel of a vehicle again. I hope that all the people on the road today know how truly blessed they are. So what does this mean for us today? The first obvious thing is be careful how you pray. That seems pretty obvious. But it doesn't just really stop there, does it? Because we'd have to be pretty bold to pray like this Pharisee, but we are told in Scripture that God knows the human heart. 
God doesn't just know the part that you pray to him. He doesn't just know the words that you say when it's a prayer. He knows what you think. He knows how you interact with the world. Psalm 44, verse 21, for he, meaning God, knows the secret of the heart. Psalm 139, verse 2, you understand my thoughts from afar. Proverbs 21, verse 2, everyone is right in their own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Matthew 9, verse 4. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why are you thinking evil in your hearts? So now we're all in trouble. Jesus has flipped it once again. Once again, we assumed that we knew who the good guy was, and we assumed that we knew who the bad guy was, but we realized that we are actually in the seat of the Pharisee far more often than we are in the seat of the tax collector. Judging others and looking around the world and bringing judgment from our own perspective has become the rule. It hasn't become the exception. We walk around with this sense of pride inside of ourselves most of the time, and humility is rare, especially in a society that values our own uniqueness and our own merit. Humility is rare, and the real danger is this word pride. This word pride that blinds us to how we truly stand before God. We like to say, God, look at these people around me. Look at who I drive past on my way to work. God, I'm so glad I'm not like them. When the standard is not them, the standard is God's righteousness. The standard is God's holiness. If you're going to write down anything for this sermon, this is the line you should write down. We should never lower the bar so that it's easy to jump over. I think that's one of the big temptations of our time. We should never lower the bar so that we can easily jump over it. Pride preaches merit, but humility pleads for compassion. Pride negotiates as an equal, but humility approaches in need. Pride separates by putting down others, And humility identifies with others. Pride destroys through alienating others and and through self-service. But humility opens doors with its power to sympathize with the struggles we share. Pride turns up its nose. And humility offers an open hand. 